0: It's Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast, my name is Keith and remember this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, and not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves. Alright, so we're moving uh, right along through our modified chronological plan uh, last, Yesterday we did 1st Thessalonians and today is, surprise, 2nd Thessalonians and uh, basically 2nd Thessalonians is a follow up letter to 1st Thessalonians, right? And we learn from it that um, even after all of the encouraging words, so we talked about how Paul it was encouraging these believers and celebrating them uh for their faith even after all of those words from both Timothy and from Paul listen the persecutions that the believers experienced uh, and the suffering that they experienced increased right like it's like oh man just like life right like we were doing the right things things was going well even though it was hard things were still going well and it's like and it got worse right and um not only this But the very words uh, that Paul used to comfort these Christians, especially surrounding the coming and return of the Lord Jesus, were confused, right, by some and used as a crutch or a cop out uh, by others to lead to idleness, passivity, laziness and remaining docile. And so Paul is responding to all of these things, clearing up misconceptions and uh, providing comfort and hope for his people. So he says this um, in the very beginning, it is clear evidence of God's righteous judgment that you will be counted worthy of God's kingdom for which you are also suffering since it is just for God to repay with affliction those who afflict you and to give relief to you who are afflicted along with us this will take place at the revelation of the Lord Jesus from heaven with his powerful angels when he takes vengeance with flaming fire on those who don't know God and those who don't obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus they will pay the penalty of eternal destruction from the Lord's presence and from his glorious strength we talked about last time uh, that to accept the promise of the gospel we've said this all throughout the New Testament is to accept the promise of suffering right it's just clear we can't get around it Um, however The beautiful thing about uh, the just God that we serve is that those who have opposed us and who have ultimately opposed him, uh, God, uh, Christ, being the just God that he is, will execute judgment at the end of time on those who don't turn to him and those who rebel against him. And this statement is uh, uh, helpful and and, and comforting to those that that are oppressed, right, and those that have been persecuted for unjust reasons, including their faith it's interesting too because he's actually uh going to kind of like uh, weave in uh the second coming even as he talks about the judgment right so again people have been speculating about the second coming he kind of gets at it even when he's talking about the judgment uh and comforting them about he, he kind of uh, kills two birds with one stone if you will like he he comforts them about um <clears throat> the persecutions they're experiencing but also uh, comforts them and lets them know like hey the second coming has not come right but we'll get to that uh in the next chapter. But um I love I love what he says here in chapter one because part of the good news, fam, is that God will right all wrongs. Right? That that God will right all wrongs. He's he he will exercise right his justice fully and finally on the earth in uh the coming in return of the kingdom right it is it is texts like these that keep us in balance right in some sense right we fight for justice and we and we seek to uh, uh, um, be agents of renewal and redemption of our spheres of influence in the here and now because God's kingdom is upon us and in that hand and he is reigning at the right hand uh, of, the, of God um, thus we are agents of healing justice and liberation through the spirit and imitation of Christ right but at the same time we can rest we can be patient. We can be hopeful. Why? Because we know this, what's begun in the manifestation of Christ's kingdom will only be brought to completion at the consummation of Christ's kingdom. Right? So I, I think, um, in the fight for justice and the fight for uh, correcting wrongs in the here and now as human beings, uh, I think that we'll always run up to a point, uh, where, uh, we'll realize that, um, you know, human, uh, work or, or striving won't won't fix it right there are some problems that are too deeply ingrained into the structure of society into uh the hearts of human beings right to where uh we need someone from the outside to come inside and fix it and the beautiful thing about the christianity is we actually have that promise in the gospel in the person and work of jesus right and so paul argues that this is the basis for redemptive suffering right the abstinence from vengeance right and on one hand and the hope to press on in the other right god will receive the glory to his name because of these truths and because of the, the glorious future he has laid out for the world in chapter 2 he transitions a bit to clear misconceptions and confusion about the second coming. <clears throat> again remember cast was like nah Jesus already pulled up and he left y'all behind no pun intended Uh he left y'all behind right <laughs> right and um, the day the Lord has come and apparently folks was making this stuff up right in Paul's name saying that he said these things and he actually didn't now we must remember that um, the day of the Lord right that's a concept we talked about a ton in the Old Testament all right but um at this point in redemptive history at this point uh where they are in the storyline and arc of 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 scripture and the universe um it refers to something different than it did in the past in some senses right remember we talked about uh in the prophets it's like yo no the day of the lord is this coming judgment the exile right that the prophets were talking about like y'all need to repent y'all need to repent cast one repenting exile came right um, and then it's like the day the Lord is gonna come and then it's gonna be this glorious uh, future right that was the coming of Jesus and now it's the second coming of Jesus that he's talking about this is categorized as the judgment of God now remember Jesus is not just coming to bring salvation but he's also to come to bring judgment right those two things have to be uh, held together and those things uh, have to be held together as good news <laughs> right and so Paul being astute an astute reader of Scripture understands this right so he, he continues with the same line of biblical reasoning reasoning where he says that the coming of Christ is the ultimate day of the Lord and that it has not yet come verse 3 don't let anyone deceive you in any way for that day will not come unless the apostasy comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed the man doomed to destruction he he opposes and exalts himself above every so-called god or object of worship so that he sits in god's temple proclaiming that he himself is god you uh (laughs) you probably was like man i was confused before but now i'm even more confused (laughs) but paul is like no don't be deceived and you like how paul that's very hard to understand right anyway he says don't be deceived he says why because there are two unfulfilled signs that must take place first right um, scholars debate this stuff uh, to the cows. We can debate this stuff to the cows. Come home, as some scholars say. But uh, the first is—it's it's very clear—the uh, central thing that Paul is saying. He's saying, "No, no, there is an apostasy or rebellion that is going to take place before Jesus comes back. It's right here, clear in the text. Right? What that looks like, when it look, like all of that kind of stuff. We can debate. But no, no, no. There's a rebellion and an apostasy, and it's actually rooted in the Old Testament. Then he says, too, there is a man of lawlessness. There is a person, an agent of evil that has to come. And many have pointed out that the apostasy he refers to uh, to, to um, in this text comes from uh, uh, something in Daniel chapter 11, where, where Daniel basically talks about how some in the covenant community will fall away. They will turn their back on the faith in fulfillment of prophecy. Right? Daniel chapter 11, verse 30 through 32. Right. Clear. We don't know exactly all the parameters surrounding that. But that is in the text. Then he says, no, no, no. this man of lawlessness. Right. It, it's and many have said it is probably associated with the Antichrist who will lead a wide deception in and amongst the church. And based on this text and text in Daniel and the Gospels, that sign is at the end. Nonetheless, you probably like, oh, my God, this is getting weird. Nonetheless, what Paul says <laughs> is that the mystery of lawlessness Now, notice he says the man of lawlessness. Then he says the mystery of lawlessness. He says the mystery of lawlessness, says, mystery of lawlessness is already present. In other words, this deceptive apostate spirit is already present among God's people. And this is evidence, right? What they're experiencing, this is evidence that even in the first century, fam, (laughs) that this was present. And it's interesting because I I think I take the view that... um, well, everything he's saying here uh kind of doesn't happen all at once but it kind of happens uh, uh gradually over time so i do believe obviously satan is out here deceiving folks this is why the new testament is clear over and over and over and over no no, no. don't be deceived don't be deceived don't be like we we have an enemy fam like we have a there's a devil bro like <laughs> just just uh a uh, news alert <laughs> you know what i'm saying like there is a real devil and paul is like no no, no. like don't be deceived fam um you know, there's already there's already this 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 apostate spirit among God's people. You see, we we've seen. I mean, with the with the advent of social media and things like that, like how clear it is that people are falling away from the faith, being deceived. Honestly, and um, he says no. When the, when the man of lawlessness comes, though, uh, Paul says the Lord Jesus will come in His glory and defeat him with His breath. I love that. He says Jesus is gonna come back, and you, it seemed like Jesus gonna put them hands to him, but he says no, no. no Jesus is gonna defeat him with His breath. Um He says he didn't even he doesn't even have to throw a punch or pick up. Sword. i love that because it's, it's so much in that bro because one it's like you see the non-violence of jesus that he he talked about in his earthly ministry um that that, that is that is still going to be a thing even at the eschaton even at the end of time but also um how light it is for jesus to defeat evil right and it's funny because i um, mean my wife went to a movie the other day we went to the uh see the new black panther and um it's so funny because i was watching the movie and it's like i know how this is going to end right like like i knew the storyline before it even ended right like that in some way uh, good would triumph over evil, and it's funny because um I can't remember who said it, but someone was saying that there there are very few storylines like I mean if you most movies like you can watch and kind of predict what's going to happen in the end because like there there there's something in us as human beings that that wants to see uh a resolution to certain stories, and we all innately kind of carry the same stories. And one of the stories that humanity has carried is like that, no no there's a real evil in the world and there's real good in the world, and who's going to win out? And um I think that um as some has said, it um, that longing that, that 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 we have for good to triumph over evil is present uh, truly in the true story of the world, the true story of the universe, the true story of the gospel, and and that is exactly what is promised. Uh, Jesus is going to come back, and evil will be conquered. And so that that should give us hope, right? Like even when it seems as if. It is the other way around. Like, evil is coming, to overcoming good. Like, like there's no way it could be uh, turned around. Uh, we have to remain hopeful as Christians, uh, knowing that the promises of God have never failed, and they absolutely won't fail in the end. Paul reassures us that we ought to stand firm in the gospel. He says, so then, brothers and sisters, stand firm and hold on to the traditions you were taught, whether by what we said or what we Wrote. he's like stay in the word stay in church stay obedient stay in the preach word stay keeping keep sharing your faith keep connecting with god in prayer, keep connecting with god's people rehearse the gospel to yourself rehearse the narrative of scripture this is how we hold on to the teachings and traditions or else we dull our spiritual senses and leave ourselves open to deception this is what paul is saying fam he said no no you have to stay uh, uh rooted in uh, uh the gospel you have to stay close with jesus the most serious thing you should you should take more serious than anything else in the world you walk with Jesus, right? You walk with Jesus, right? We, I you don't know saying our walk with Jesus, right? As, as, as the community of God's people, not just individually, but communally as well. Paul prays for the strength to do this and encouragement at the same time. Last chapter here. Um, one of the things I love about Paul is that he makes doctrine practical, right? He always answers the so what question, right? He's like, a lot of that truth. Don't remain idle get to work listen he says our hard work for the kingdom of god is completely dependent upon what we believe about the coming of the king right if we believe that the kingdom has already come in its fullness that the day of the lord is already here or to put it in theological terms if we have an over-realized eschatology we will rest on our laurels and think that there isn't god given a mandated task left for us to do on the earth but if we believe that the lord has delayed his coming for the repentance of the unrepentant then we will live lives of hard work, of sacrifice, and labor, and intense pursuit of the mission God has given us specifically, right, that usually attracts or invites opportunities for the mission he has given us ultimately, right, that's the spreading of his glorious royal presence, the gospel, the good news to the ends of the earth, right, and Paul says, fam, we left y'all the example, (laughs) do like you have seen in us, do like you have seen in us. What a witness we would provide as believers in this generation who were known for the labor for the kingdom and for the king. What if we were known for doing everything with all of our might to the glory of God? What if we lived as if all of life was really and truly under the lordship of Christ? I think the Lord would blow our minds with what he did in this generation. Let's pray to that end. Father, we ask that in this generation, you would do something that will blow our minds, Lord. And I pray that we will remember that you want to work through humans. <laughs> so I pray that we will put our hands to the plow and we would not look back. God, keep us from being idle. Keep us from being docile, knowing that the day of the Lord is coming. And that uh, gives us a hope for the future. And our hope for the future enables uh, and it influences and empowers us for how we live.